Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here, my good friend and co-host of this uh, fine podcast, Mr. Travis Krins, joining me as well. Krins, how are you? It's fall, it's not hot as hell, so it's fantastic. Yes, love fall, love fall. Fall is great, uh, great temperatures, the football, uh, the leaves changing, colors falling to the ground, a sign that winter is coming, which means college basketball, and then we get into March, which is great. Yeah. But And then that means more baseball in March, all right, here and, we go. And then that means that the hot temperatures return. It's very cyclical, this, uh, this life in which we live. Um, well, uh, where do you want to start today? There was a guy who won a golf tournament yesterday. Oh, yes. And it was the first time he won a golf tournament in five years. uh, Justin Rose. uh, Congratulations, Justin Rose. Close. Close. Uh, but this guy that won, he's he's like the best guy that's ever done this thing. So, he's good. Yes, uh, Tiger Woods wins, uh, the uh, the golf what what was the actual golf tournament even called down there was it just, I mean it was tour the the tour championship okay it was the final golf tournament of the year it was in the you know for the FedEx points um it's the FedEx Cup playoff and Tiger needed to win about ten other things to happen and unfortunately those things didn't happen so Justin Rose is your playoff winner but uh, no All one of them but one. All of them happened but one. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, He started the week 20th. He finished second. Great for Tiger. Uh, So, with apologies to Justin Rose, no one gives a shit about him winning this tournament here, or winning the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. It's all about Tiger Woods winning his first tournament in, what, since, is it since 2015? Five years, 2013. 2013. Uh, and he did it. I mean, he's put together a couple of really great rounds uh, in recent in the last month. If you go back to the PGA Championship there in St. Louis, and then following up with this tournament win, he was second at the PGA Championship. He wins this one, and it was pretty convincing. Uh, he didn't play wonderful. I would say on Sunday, but he held off the pack. Rather, I mean, it was it was a pretty easy Sunday for him. Things got a little hairy there at the final three holes or so. He bogeyed fifteen and sixteen, so he had a two shot lead with two to go. Uh, Billy Horschel had a sixty six. He was a nine under to finish second. So things he was up two with two to go after being up by you know four or five for the most of the day. Uh, shot a sixty five on. Thursday, shot a 65 on Saturday. Oh uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it was great to watch. It was unbelievable. Everybody was wrong. Nobody thought he'd win again. And here he is, competing every time. Seems like every time he uh, is out there, he's in the top ten. He's won this one, and I'm sure people expect him to win a major next year. And uh, nobody, not a single person, I don't think, gave him a chance to to get back. And some people will look at it and say, "Well, this tournament only fielded thir- you know the top thirty golfers in the world. You know, it's a very small field, but it is the best thirty golfers in the world." Yeah. So, I mean, you have and, to go ahead. And Phil Mickelson. Oh, and <laughs> he was thirteen over. He finished last. Thirteen over. That was bad. 
Yeah, that, that's that's probably not uh, that's not good. That's not what you would expect. Uh, but what you can expect is whenever Tiger Woods is in the hunt, is in the mix, uh, the ratings will follow. And NBC earned a 5.2 overnight rating for the tournament, a 206% increase over last year. Uh, it was the highest rated telecast in the history of the FedEx Cup playoffs since its inception in 2007. Highest rated uh, PGA Tour telecast of 2018. Uh, not if you discount the four majors. So uh, basically when Tiger is in contention and when he's going to win, eyeballs flock to the TV, which is what we have said for years now. For years and uh, this once again proved uh, and bared itself out. He is the only person who is bigger than his sport. They mm-hmm. always say nobody is bigger than the sport. Tiger Woods is. Tiger Woods by himself is bigger than golf. Mm-hmm. That's that's just what it is. And we know that there are a lot of great golfers out there. And golf is in a good spot. You know, you have these huge purses. You have, you know, the, the, the big tournaments and everything like that. But there is no one who can do what Tiger Woods has been able to do and continues to do now, I guess, with this. I and mean, where do we think he can take this headed into next year? Of course, we have the, uh, the Ryder Cup this week. It's just outside of Paris, and Tiger will be a part of that. Uh, so we'll see what he can do. But what do we think, you know, looking into next year, um, you know, how likely is it that he wins a major? Will it be, uh, you know, the Masters? He's He's been so good at Augusta. Could it be at St. Andrews? That's his one of his favorite courses. He's done well there in the past. Uh, I'm trying to think, where was it? Is it Shinnecock? Is that where the, uh, is that where the PGA Championship's at next year? Uh, I would say it's... Uh... He'll be, he'll, he'll be the favorite in the Masters. might be the favorite in every major, depending on how he plays. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll probably win one, probably better than 50-50. And he'll win a major next year. If he keeps playing like this, he, sent, he came so close last year at a lead on the back nine of a major. And uh, a PGA Championship has moved up into the spring. Yep. Uh, Tour Championship's the biggest non-major. Uh, Tour Championship, probably the second biggest tournament of the year. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, this, this is a big tournament. I think he'll probably win because if, if he's not in this field, uh, then we have Rory McIlroy, who shot terribly, who shot the worst, uh, the second worst round of anybody. He finished 29th on Sunday. He finished in the tide for seventh. He shot a 74. So he was uh, in the final pairing with Tiger Woods. So we got that, and he completely shit the bed. And if it wasn't for Tiger Woods, then we'd be talking about. Billy Horschel. All apologies to the Horschel family. Nobody gives a shit about Billy Horschel. He would have won this thing, and uh, Justin Rose still would have won the FedEx Cup, um, and nobody would have watched this tournament uh, because Tiger Woods wasn't around. So, yeah. Right, and you know that Jordan Spieth wasn't in this tournament, and we know that he has the potential to. Uh, yeah, you know, he's he's a very good golfer, but he needs to be a little more consistent. But I will say, I've I said it time and time again. Uh, Tiger Woods is what makes golf exciting. What makes golf golf? He is when he is officially done. I just don't see where golf. I mean, golf has a lot of great players, but no one 
who's going to be dominant. And I think in a sport like golf, you need that person who's going to be dominant and can be at least consistent, make the cut, and be interesting, be in the fold, be in the mix every time. And that's not, uh, golf doesn't really have that. They have a lot of good players who can get hot every once in a while or on a couple week stretch. But um, overall, you know, it's it's just Tiger. Is that, That's the way I feel. Saw a clip today. It was uh, like NFL prime time from '96. Oh, I think they interrupted it to go to um, something. I guess ESPN maybe had this tournament. It was Las Vegas Open. It was '96. It was his first win, and uh, he, he showed like the last, the last hole. I don't know if ESPN. I guess maybe had that tournament at the time, and was running over. But uh, they showed that, and uh, he wins his first tournament. 
Marco Mira was there. Had some had some solid names, some solid guys. So, uh, David Toms was there. So some guys that have won majors, multiple majors. And uh, kind of like the Summer League tournament, this is a tournament that isn't going to go anywhere. They have a five-year deal, and it's just going to keep continuing to roll over because for whatever reason, people in this area, I don't know if they were just starved for so long that when they get anything uh, assembling or resembling anything good, that they just jump all over it. But, um, yeah, this tournament will be here for, for as long as they want to because Stanford's involved in the sponsors. Uh, Andy North was the host. Uh, so it went, it went well. Yeah, and hopefully it'll have uh, continued success here. Like you say, it'll be here for a few years, so that is good. So, uh, yeah, the, the good tournament there. Uh, should we go to the baseball or the football? What do you want next? Sure, get the baseball out of the way. Get the baseball out of the way. All right. Well, the final week of the regular season is upon us, and this week does not have nearly as much drama as it as other years have had, uh, dare I say, the most drama would be well, in the NL Central and the NL Wild Card, right? AL Wild Card. There's still a game and a half between the Yankees and Oakland. Yeah, but they're both going to make the playoffs, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, Colorado's down a game and a half. As long as the Rockies keep winning, they're going to pick up ground on somebody because Milwaukee and uh, the Cardinals play each other. Cardinals have a hell of a schedule playing the best two teams in the National League. Oh, darn. I'm so I'm so saddened by that. So that, that would be nice if we get uh, the Rockies in there instead of uh, the Cardinals. Brewers, they seem to, uh, unless they get swept here, they seem to be in a pretty good position to maybe still challenge the Cubs for the division. Um, it's, yeah, the races, wild card races are fine. Um... You know, we, we have this uh, fifth wild card, but even if we did, there would still be, uh, you know, St. Louis would be out, they'd be two behind a Milwaukee, and they're playing right now, so that would be interesting. Oakland would only be a game and a half behind New York, so that would be interesting. But, uh, yeah, all, all the divisions are wrapped up. So what do we think, I, I know we had talked about it last week a little bit, but uh, what do you, what, next week? When we talk, you know, when October baseball is here, the hunt for October. When I mean, because baseball playoffs are great; they're fun, they're very entertaining. Um, who, what are the matchups that we're going to be looking at, starting with the wild card round as well? And we could go uh, AL first. The Yankees in Oakland be a whole hell of a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I think that just the pitching is going to be crazy. We're even seeing this week in important games. Teams using the opener, teams just using their bullpen. So uh, this is escalated quickly from using your conventional starter uh, to what Tampa Bay did. And I think you're going to see multiple, many games in the playoffs. Teams not use a traditional starter and just go whether it's an opener or whether just use their bullpen or use three, four bullpen guys, two, three innings apiece. So uh, that's the way it should be done. And I think it's going to be very exciting. Because of that, so we have Oakland and the Yankees. You know, the Yankees probably going to win, but it'd be nice to get Oakland in there. Um, winner of that will play Boston. So we have Yankees Boston first round. That never happened. And you have uh, Houston and Cleveland. So hopefully Houston can beat them. Houston probably is the best team in baseball. They have the best run differential. Uh, they have the best starting staff. So uh, Houston Cleveland. 
Cleveland, they were the team, well, they went 26-4 and four last month, last year, mm-hmm. and then into the Yankees. So whatever you do in September doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. Um, so Houston-Cleveland, go Houston. You know, in Houston-Boston last year had that tremendous series, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of fun there, very entertaining. So I would love to see a Houston-Boston ALCS uh, matchup there. Uh, Houston though has struggled a little bit. They, you know, injuries were a major part of that. This team is fairly healthy though now, headed into October, right? Yeah, Carlos Correa has been out. Altuve's been out, so we. They need to get healthy here. Their pitchers, starting pitchers, is very good. They may have the weakest, I guess they would have the weakest traditional bullpen out of all these other teams, but they can take a guy like a Charlie Morton and put him in the bullpen like last year, assuming he's healthy. He got, I think he left the game last night or a couple of days ago because of that. So if, if they're healthy, they can take their fourth and fifth starter and use them like they did last year. And that, that should uh, help them with their bullpen. I see here, as we are recording this podcast, that the Tampa Bay Rays have a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. What the hell would that have to entail? Would they have to win out, Oakland would have to lose out, and then you'd have a run differential of sorts? No. I uh, have a one-game playoff between them. They're six and a half back, so yeah, they would have to win the week, and Oakland would have to uh, lose the week. Then you'd be tied at 94 wins. Oh, so, that would yeah. be fun. I want to see that now. Let's go. Let, let's it would be nice, but uh, it, it's not going to happen second. No, not going to happen. I know it's not. I know. Uh, what do we give the chances that the A's can beat the Yankees? It's a one-game playoff. Anything can happen. Give a good chance. 40% chance. I mean, you can't hold anything back, right? It's like the. Well, it's like in, the, in Waterboy. Stan Fouts can't hold anything back. And just it just Tampa Bay again. They'd be leading the. They they would have been leading the NL East a couple of days ago. Um, they'd be leading the West. They'd be leading Tampa the. Bay. They'd be tied with the Indians right now for the AL Central lead. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, great job. The way they sold at the end of the the way they sold in the off season, um, they got rid of some good players. It looked like they were just trying to tank. Uh, but things turned around when they used the opener. They've had one of the best records in baseball since then. Uh, Tommy Pham is a guy they got from the Cardinals. He's, uh, I think, an exceptional player, maybe an all-star level type player. So they got him. And uh, they've, uh, they've changed the game. So Tampa Bay, good job. To the NL, um, the Diamondbacks, what a colossal disappointment they they were. Uh, they had this the NL West seemingly on lockdown. You know, they had that bad run in the middle of the season after they built that big lead. You're like, oh, what's going to happen? They seemed to ride the ship, and then it, everything just came crashing down for the Diamondbacks. So that's not good for them. But uh, only the Braves right now have clinched a playoff spot. Uh as mentioned, the Cubs and Brewers uh, and Cardinals are all duking it out in the NL Central. The Cubs, two-and-a-half game lead on the Brew Crew, but it's not inconceivable that Milwaukee could win this division. Milwaukee seems like a cinch for the NL wild card, so it would come down to the Cardinals and the Rockies. We mentioned that the Cardinals are taking on the Brewers and the Cubs this final week. Uh, so two two-fold or two-part question here. A, do you uh, think that the 
the Cardinals will make the playoffs, and B, what uh, what chances do you give the Rockies to come back and uh, and maybe win the NL West from the Dodgers, or at the very least, uh, knock the Cardinals out of the playoffs? Well, they're up on the uh, Rockies. Are up on the Phillies four to nothing. Good. And uh, Brewers and Cardinals still tied at one. So if they can get a uh, Milwaukee win there, <clears throat> they'd be a whole game behind uh, the Cardinals. The Dodgers are at the Diamondbacks, so that's not good for the Rockies. Rockies swept Arizona. Uh, Dodgers probably going to sweep Arizona here too. Uh, they're up one to nothing early. So uh, they're, only, they're only a game and a half back of the Dodgers, two back of the Cardinals. I think they got a chance to maybe uh, reel in uh, St. Louis. Um you know, 30% chance, I would say. But they're, they're clearly the worst team of this bunch. The run differential is plus one, but somehow they're 15 games over. Arguably, they're the most fun, though. Well, they're the weird. They're weird. They're weird. The Rockies, I don't know how they're winning this many games, but they are. Uh, yeah, you got the Cubs against the wild card winner, so Cubs, Brewers, that'd be good. You have Dodgers, Braves, which would also be fine. So uh, obviously the uh, the sports blocks official uh, uh, the fandom team that we are cheering for uh, the Brewers and the Rockies uh, also want the uh, the Braves to do well. The Cubs and Dodgers can hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Uh, so we hope that obviously that the Cardinals aren't in this deal. But uh, when we talk next week, what are the NL playoff matchups going to be? We also want Oakland to do well. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Dodgers, Braves, Brewers, Cardinals. They're Brewers, they're Cubs. Brewers, Cubs. Uh, who's in the in the wild card game? The Brewers, Cardinals. Ah, uh, Rockies. I mean, Cardinals—they uh, got a tough schedule here. They uh, have a tough schedule. The Rockies out of the playoffs. That sucks. How about the double we have? I would like. Uh, I would like Rockies, Cardinals, one game playoff to get to the one-game playoff. It's going to happen at some point. May as well happen this year. That, that just reminds... I think we've mentioned this years past, maybe every year, um, that we've done this podcast and we talk about playoff baseball. But, damn, that that one-game playoff between the Tigers and Twins, what, was that, uh, what, a decade ago now? 2009. 2009, yeah, approaching a decade. God, that was a, that was a ton of fun. That was... The most, I think, nervous I've been for a baseball game uh, in quite some time, and the most captivated I was by the Twins in recent memory. What a phenomenal game. That was, yeah, that was probably the best baseball game I've seen with the Twins involved. Uh, that and the Game 5 of 2002 against Oakland, those would be the two Twins games that yep. stick out. Most exciting. And that was, uh, that was a great game. That was the day after. Uh, Far played the Packers for the first time. That was a big uh, 24 hours there. It was. It was. No doubt about it. Big 24 hours in Minnesota sports. So we'll talk playoff baseball next week. See what happens there. Um, Before we get to the football, or do you want to get to the football? What else did you ask? Well, I was going to talk about Jimmy Butler. Sure. Well, let's, okay. The, the Minnesota Timberwolves put the word fun in dysfunctional, and no more uh, 
evidence was needed than uh, what transpired last week. Jimmy Butler asking to be traded by, or you know, he's told Thibodeau, Tibbs, the, the head coach of the Timberwolves, said, I want to be traded. I'm not coming to media day. And then Tibbs is like, okay, well, uh, I want you on my team. And plenty, it, it, first off, Butler had said, I prefer to go to Brooklyn, New York, or uh, so the Nets, the Knicks, or the Clippers in L.A. That seems like a, a three bad teams that you would want to go to, but so be it. Uh, it's your career, Butler. You can, I guess, do what you want to do. Uh, and plenty of teams, I guess, started calling the Timberwolves and Tibbs and, uh, is it Layman, the, the GM? Lyman? Layman? Scott Okay. Uh, anyway, they, they were like, nope, we're rejecting all trade offers. We don't want this. Um, you know, stop calling us. Uh, Butler's going to be on the team. And then... Uh, owner Glenn Taylor is like, no, uh, let's let's get a trade. I want this guy to get traded here. Want to get something in return. Um, so essentially, obviously contradicting what uh, Thibodeau wanted. So you have an, an owner and a coach who's also the president of basketball operations or vice president of basketball operations at odds. So it would seem to me that uh, Thibodeau is on extremely thin ice here, and uh, we are anxiously awaiting a Butler trade. Uh, the Miami Heat and Cleveland Cavaliers have been uh, two of the teams that are rumored to be interested or perhaps the most interested in trading for Butler. But this whole saga last week, just one big joke uh, in what has been a calamity of just misguided errors for a Timberwolves franchise that really has only had like five extremely good years in franchise history. I mean, he had a two years, two year contract, he had a player option in two in, in two years. That's now after next year. And does he want to stay? And of course, he doesn't. So he was there for one year. Um, I, I would say the Bulls won that trade for God's sakes. One yep. year, Jimmy Butler and all the guys. I mean, that's I mean, really. That's you got one not. playoff win, not a series win. One playoff win. Anyway, anyway. So I mean, hopefully they can get something for them. Uh, it, it, it just didn't uh, mesh well. They they played well. I thought the expectations were a bit too high. They did make the playoffs. They won, what, 47 games. They won, like, a 15-1 improvement. Would have probably been more had uh, had, had, had Butler not gotten hurt. So maybe they win a couple more games. Uh, but still, the, the end result's probably the same. A first-round playoff exit. Nothing really changes here. Just, there seems to be it, it didn't mesh well. Didn't mesh well. Wiggins took a step back. You don't like to see that, or this is fourth year, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Towns, Towns didn't take a step forward, but like they, uh, their growth was stunted by the addition of Jimmy Butler. So maybe with him out of the mix, they'll, uh, you know, Towns will put up another twenty-five and thirteen year, like he did a couple years ago, and Wiggins can be a twenty-point uh, per game guy. Uh, but the defense just atrocious, and that's got to be better. And if it isn't, then they're just going to be a it'll be a fifty-one team, and I think fans should be fine with that at the moment. For Christ's sake, I wouldn't run kids out of town quite yet. 
He has gotten into the playoffs for the first time in damn near 15 years. So um, you're not competing with Houston. You're not competing with Golden State. There's a spot there. Maybe it can be that number three team. But uh, it's Towns and Wiggins. you got got only 22, 23 years old, but they've been around for a while now, and they have to, uh, they have to be better. They do, and I and Traxler and I, I think differ a difference of opinions, or maybe he doesn't feel quite as strong as I do in this regard when we when we spoke on Sunday. But I mean, I think Butler in part wants to leave Minnesota or doesn't want to stick around because he doesn't see Cat and Wiggins buying into what Tibbs is saying and what he's trying to coach. They aren't buying into the defensive tenacity that that they should be. Uh, they just want to kind of do their own thing. They're young. They're maybe slightly immature. And they just want to be the guys. And perhaps Jimmy Butler, to some degree, you know, he wants to be the guy and doesn't want to be third fiddle on a team, though one could argue that uh, he was really the guy along with Cat and Wiggins was... Uh, playing, you know, backseat uh, driver here. But beside, back to the original point at hand, I think Butler in part wanted to get out because he just knew that Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns weren't going to listen to him. They aren't listening to him. They aren't listening to the coach. And that's very frustrating because the Timberwolves can only get so far as much as everyone buys in and puts in that effort. And until Cat and Wiggins put in the effort to get better all around, especially on the defensive end, the Timberwolves aren't going anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, I would agree with that. There was a meeting of some sorts. That's where all this went down. So he didn't like something, and um, social media posts and whatever, I think people have pieced that together that there's a disconnect between between those two. And uh, yeah, Butler wants to be the guy, and uh, yeah, if he goes to any of those teams you listed, he would obviously be the guy there. He's not a number one. He, he would be a good number. He, he could be the second best player on a championship team. He's not a number one. He'd be a good number two. Uh, also, Carl uh, Anthony Towns did sign a five-year Supermax deal worth, what, $190 million? So that's yeah. that's also in the fold here. Uh, anything else? Any other thoughts regarding the Butler uh, saga. I mean, I'm sure next week, by the time we talk, he there's a very likely chance he will be traded. Hope he goes to the East because players never go to the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi Leonard went to the East, so you know if Miami would get him, that'd be good for Miami. Uh, if the Knicks could get him, then Porzingis can come back healthy. Maybe halfway through the year, that'd make the Knicks a whole hell of a lot more interesting. Um. I'd love, if he were, I don't, he won't go to Indiana, but I'd love to see him go to Indiana. If he did, I think they can maybe be the second best team in the East. How about Detroit? So, no, not Detroit. Charlotte. Um, Join Kemba Walker. Yes, get somebody for Christ's sake to Charlotte. Be fine. Make them a, a playoff team at least. Uh, I don't know what Toronto could do, but if Toronto wants to have some brass balls here, they want to go for it. Uh, they should get him. I think that'd be great. They'd really uh, that show some gumption on their part. I'd turn my Toronto bed shittings around and say, "All right, Toronto, you're showing me something here. Even if it's only for one year, you want to add Leonard and Butler. That's, that's a ballsy move on your part. So I'd applaud that. Um, you know, so yeah, I hope he doesn't go to those teams that have been mentioned. 
because it it'll make a difference, but it won't be anything we'll be discussing after the first round of the playoffs. The other uh, interesting deal from last week, uh, in a bad sort of way, was the hostile work environment report from the regarding the Dallas Mavericks and uh, their their former president and also I believe someone who works for the team uh, website. That was not very good. Mark Cuban uh, didn't have any clue that it was going on for a number of years. And um, to only make him, and while he wasn't a culprit in the allegations that were brought forth uh, to the NBA, uh, to only fine him $10 million, in, or to, to essentially say you have to make a $10 million donation to women's organizations that fight... Um, or I guess it, I, I don't know if they specified, but just women's organizations. Um, that's that rings pretty hollow on the NBA's part. Uh, I wish they would have done a lot more. They they look soft in this regard. What would you have wanted? Um, I don't know. A suspension would be fine. How about dock some draft picks? Um, be like, hey, hey, what does a suspension do? It really doesn't do anything. So I would, I, you know, the. the you know, dock some draft picks. Because, um, I mean, if you're going to penalize the Minnesota Timberwolves for that whole Joe Smith saga, and granted, that was with the player and the signing stuff, and, I mean, they just went after the Minnesota Timberwolves. This, to me, is far worse, even though it is off the court and not involving any players or signings or anything like that. Uh, send a message and say, you, to all NBA owners, all owners of sports teams and say you have to know what the heck is going on within your organization pretty much at all times if not if you don't hear anything you are going to be found as a you know you're just as big of a culprit because you have established this workplace culture or you obviously don't care enough to see what is going on so I would do something in that regard to set the uh, to, to send a message to the franchise and also to every other franchise in the NBA probably a little too harsh but uh, that's what I would have liked to see Commissioner said that he did not suspend them uh, because during the investigation they don't seem to be honest and um, they did change things after this investigation so it seems like he was the anti-Urban Meyer. Mark yeah, Cuban. he was open with this, yeah. And he uh, says, I, and he says it was my fault. I, uh, I should have known, and he didn't. And we're seeing what's going on at the Supreme Court right now. It's difficult to come forward, but in the end, you, you have to come forward with it. Mm-hmm. Either tell him, or you, you have to tell somebody if you want something to change. And it finally has. Maybe difficult to come forward, but if you don't do that, it's going to continue to happen. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. So, I mean, would docking them a couple of, uh, you know, maybe a first-round pick is too much, but otherwise, you know, like two or three second-round picks, is that is that too much? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with what they did, $10 million. That's, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, no. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. To me, it just, they, they could have done more. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, 
college or pro football? I mean, we're just we're putting uh, off this the agony of this god awful game on Sunday as long as we possibly can. Just going through right now. Okay. Well, I mean, there really isn't much to get into. Um, the the Minnesota Vikings overlooked the Buffalo Bills. No, regardless of what anyone says, Mike Zimmer, Kyle Rudolph, anyone on the team, uh, clearly they didn't take the Buffalo Bills seriously enough, and they got their asses whooped by Josh Allen of all people, twenty-seven to six. A roughing the passer penalty on Linval Joseph extended the first drive of the game. Buffalo could have would have gone three and out, and I think that. Uh, changed the complexion of the game immensely. I'm not saying the Vikings would have won in this one because they looked like garbage. Uh, Kirk Cousins had two fumbles. He had an interception, though that wasn't really his fault, uh, even though he probably could have put the ball in maybe a better spot so Latavius Murray just doesn't get sandwiched. He put uh, it in a bad spot because he put it right in his hands. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, but it's just... It was embarrassing. It was a debacle, a debauchery of epic proportions. Uh, I I don't really I, I don't know what else to say other than the Bills kicked the Vikings' asses, and I I did wonder. I will admit, um, I I've been I've been saying it all around. Oh yeah, you know this is a bye week. You know the Vikings will beat the worst team in the league, and I still think they should have. But I will admit when. You hear that Dalvin Cook and Everson Griffin and Marcus Sherrills, I think there was one other guy, were already declared out. And I think this was on Wednesday or Thursday. Like, oh, we're already declaring them out. It's like, really? You, you're so confident that you can beat the Bills without your best, uh, without some of your better players? And I get it. You have a Thursday night game coming up against the best team in the NFL in the Los Angeles Rams. So you, you want everyone to be healthy but to me it just actions and you just didn't hear anything about the 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 focus of this team for uh preparing for this buffalo bill squad and it's another year and another stinker of a game uh that happens to fall under mike zimmer's watch last year it was the nfc championship game two years ago it was the indianapolis colts game when the, the vikings still had some playoff hopes uh this it's just it, it was bad. It was bad. It was ugly. And uh, the Vikings should be absolutely ashamed of the effort that they put forth in that game. Sure. I didn't think Josh Allen played well. A tremendous uh, hurdle. He flew. Yeah, if, I, if I'm the coach, I would say, don't do that, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, don't jump like that. You'll be pretty goddamn dumb to do what he did. And he did that. So he did pick up a first down, though, and I think it. Yeah. I mean, yes, the you don't want to do that, but I think no. that uh, certainly uh, he showed no fear. He fought for the first down, Great. and uh, I think it is it really opened the eyes of his teammates and maybe some of the coaches. A very important third down or first down in this game that was decided by halftime, indeed. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo should have went out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to fight for that extra yard, which already gained a first down. Now he's out for the next year. So uh, be smarter than that, quarterbacks. Uh, he had that, what, 55-yard pass to Chris 
Ivory, which traveled all of two yards over the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I don't know how the Vikings just let him go. So if you take that two-yard completion that became a 55-yard gain, my favorite quarterback threw for 140 yards. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't consider that impressive. Bryce Vake threw... He threw for 196 yards. Quarter of the yards came on one two-yard pass. He had the he had ten runs for Christ's sake. He had two touchdowns. The one on the ten-yard run was good. The jump was dumb but good. Uh, quarterback sneak was from the you know half-yard line. And to me, the if you're the Viking defense, how do you not expect him to jump over the line like that? I mean, well, it's I just dumb. Much, I mean, there's not much you can do. You just put your hand up, though. Try and knock the ball out. It's it's, it's dumb that they didn't even they weren't even prepared for it. But I mean, it's just something you're not going to stop. I do not have a problem with the defense. Buffalo scored five times. The one uh, the one scoring drive was four plays for four yards. They got a field goal. That's not the defense's fault. Other uh, other drive was eight plays for 17 yards. Another field goal, not the defense's fault. Um, they gave up the, the one wide open touchdown. That was a two-play drive, 25 yards. So you want to give them three touchdowns, that's fine. 21 points given up. Should have been plenty to still be shit out of this team. But uh, they had the three and out to begin the game. They stopped them. But you gave, them, uh, you gave the, the baseball team an extra out gave the Bills an extra set of downs, so you stopped them, uh, you gave up four yards on a scoring drive, you gave up 17 yards on a scoring drive, so I'm not, I'm not too bent up about the defense. This uh, defense has been largely unimpressive throughout the year, uh, so far through three games. Uh, the offense is not in sync, which is, uh, I, I'm not totally surprised by when you have a new quarterback. And uh, and new offensive coordinator. It's one of the reasons why I didn't pick the Vikings to make the Super Bowl this year. Or didn't even say like I'm not. I wasn't even thinking Super Bowl. You know, maybe NFC Championship game. That's fine. But I was thinking, you know what? Just uh, make the playoffs here. It's why I thought that the winner of the Week Two matchup between Green Bay and Minnesota was going to win the division. And maybe that will still uh, play out that way. But this team, to me, oh yeah, they're done. They are absolutely done with this with this season. They could still make the playoffs, but they are not going to make any noise in the playoffs. You don't lose teams that are supposed to win the Super Bowl or at least compete for the Super Bowl. They don't lose games at home to Buffaloes, to the Buffaloes of the NFL like the Vikings did. So I am burying the Vikings for just for for this season not forever i think next year is a golden opportunity for them i think kirk cousins has another year under his belt with adam thielen and stefan diggs but this year nope they're done now because you have a the toughest two-game road trip out of that any nfl team has this year at la thursday night football and then at philadelphia the week after they're going to lose both those games they're going to be one, three, and one, and I think they can certainly get themselves out of this hole, but out of that hole. 
But no, they're done. They're not doing anything to me. I'll still watch them. I'll still cheer for them. But as far as my expectations go, done. Obviously, it's too early to say that. Well, I guess Bill Belichick also would say that here for the one and two Patriots that no one's been eliminated. That's what he said Sunday night after his team lost, which is funny. Vikings aren't done. I saw something today. Is this the beginning of the end for New England? I mean, do we got to do this every fucking year? I think, honestly, I think there's more merit to it this year than... And uh, You know what? Don't, don't sit Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. And you see the mass exodus of guys leaving this year. Uh, Gronk was going... They've tried to trade Gronk to the Lions, and Gronk said, hey, I'll retire because I'm only going to play with Brady. Then you have this book come out by uh, Ian O'Connor about, you know, maybe Brady wants to divorce Bill Belichick. Um, yeah, just the, dumb. This is dumb. They're, they're done. Numerous, numerous, they're done. Well, I mean, not they're, they're going well, they're they're to win the AFC East this year. No offense to Charlie's Dolphins, AFC. who are 3-0. and But uh, the Patriots, like, their window is rapidly closing. They'll be like ten. They, they'll be ten and six this year. Like they have, Dan Patrick was going through it. They started one and two. They went to the Super Bowl. They started two and two. They won the Super Bowl. They went two and two. They won the Super Bowl. They were one and two. They went to the AFC Championship game. So this this isn't new. This isn't the end of the Patriots. They get Edelman back. They'll be fine. Um, one dipshit went through their schedule and said they play this team and they play that team and at the end of it they said that's a tough schedule and then when he was going through the teams I'm like that's a pretty easy schedule so obviously we had differences of opinion of uh, who they thought were good and who I thought was good they went through the schedule the next month or so uh, Miami at home the Colts at home the Chiefs at home they're at the Bears. They're at the Bills. They said, that's a tough schedule. And I think, that's not a tough schedule. Miami at home, not tough. Colts at home, not tough. Uh, Pat Mahomes told me something on Sunday night. At the Bears, not tough. At the Bills, sure as fuck isn't tough. Packers at home, I don't think the Packers are winning that one. At the Titans, at the Jets. Like, this, 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 I don't know how you feel, but this is not a tough, I think they win at least. 11 or 12 games here. I mean, when you go through that schedule, though, I can make arguments. I can make good arguments for at least half the teams that in there that they will beat the Patriots. Miami? I don't think that. I don't Is think Miami going to go on the road next no, week and beat no, New England. Nope. That's why I said only half. I, I'm not. I won't. I won't make the argument for Miami beating New England in New England. I don't. Little see arm Andrew Luck going to go on the road and beat Tom Brady? I don't think so. I don't think they're either. Pat Mahomes, he's going to go to New England, maybe. Yes, we'll see. Yes, we'll see. If the if the Chiefs defense, if the if the Patriots defense can't stop the freaking Lions, they aren't going to stop the high powered Chiefs offense. No way in hell. Absolutely not. The Chiefs will win that one. Book it. Will Mitch? Will Will Frank Trubisky beat Tom Brady? That's an interesting one because Khalil Mack could wreak havoc on the Patriots, so Trubisky's only going to need to do so much. 
that that's where I can make an argument that the Bears can win. I'm not saying the Bears will win that one, but I can make an argument for the the Bears in that one in large part because of Khalil Mack. Packers. Yep, Aaron okay. Rodgers. That's all I have to say. That he can he can beat the that that uh, that bad Patriot defense. He can do it. They could beat Washington. I know, I know. But, you know, the rain, I think, factored in it. Clay Matthews, um, everyone's favorite. Uh, Everybody's talking about Clay Matthews, and they're not talking about the fact that the Packers were down by double digits for 47 minutes. Yeah, I know. That's The game wasn't close. Maybe At that, no point did they have the ball with a chance to tie it. Maybe, that, maybe Clay Matthews is doing that on purpose to take away, to deflect the atten- attention from the fact that the uh, the Packers right now are just not a very good team. I don't think they lose a single game in the division, New England, so that's six wins right there. I think they, I see them, I at the beginning of the year, I said they would go 4-2 and two in the division, losing at Miami and at Buffalo. I don't see that at all. I got them sweeping the division. They already beat the Texans, that's seven. Beat the Colts, that's eight. Beat the Titans, that's nine. Beat the Vikings, that's ten. That's ten and six. And they can beat either the Packers or the Bears, so it's eleven or twelve. So, so you think that they will beat the, the Vikings? Weren't, and weren't you just yeah, saying that the that the Vikings probably. like are okay despite this loss to the Bills? Well, that game's in December, so we have two months until that, but Vikings Patriots at, you know, that's that timing. Between the two, I would think New England would win that one, but we'll see. The Patriots right now are... The Vikings are winning. You think the Vikings are winning that? Uh, that's actually, that's a game that I had the Vikings losing, but... I mean, it's. I'm certainly not putting a, like a. It's not a shoe in win for the Patriots, not by any stretch. I mean, it's a fifty-fifty toss-up, is what it is. Right. Right. Fifty-fifty toss-up. I'm. I'm. I'm content with that. Look. I'm. I'm just looking at the, at the Patriots schedule now. They, six minimum. They are exactly where I thought they would be at this point. One and two. They're going to beat the Dolphins. They're going to beat the Colts. Three and two. They're going to lose to the Chiefs. Calling it right now. Three and three. They'll beat the Bears. Buffalo's going to be interesting because it's a Monday night football game. Josh Allen, get get on board. He's uh, not good, though. He's not good. I know. I know. But then you have that home game to the Packers. That's that's difficult. He threw at- for 140 yards. I mean, they're going to win their final two games, but at Pittsburgh is not easy. Bill Belichick can't beat the Dolphins in Miami. He just can't. It's it's not. He's contractually obligated to to lose to Miami in Miami in December. Um, what do you think? What do you think their record is in Miami? Since well, I mean, he's probably over five hundred, but recently he can't seem to beat Miami in Miami. Let's see here. Because I remember we were, uh, Kelsey and I were on our honeymoon in St. Lucia. It was over the final week of the regular. They lost four of the last five at Miami. Yeah. It's, well. it's not good. So, um, they, I think he, they, they lose that one. 
Uh, you lose at the Steelers. Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee just beat the Jaguars, which, granted, I mean, it was the Jaguars, but still. Tennessee's not good. They're not a playoff team. They're, they're down. Who the hell played quarterback for them? Marcus Mariota. He, so he didn't start, but he, he was good enough to play. But it was only because Blaine Gabbert, your favorite quarterback, or one of your favorite quarterbacks, got a concussion. So they started him, he gets knocked out, and they bring in Mariota. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, he should have probably started the game. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he wasn't healthy enough. I think they had to bring him in out of well, desperation. You know who could use a quarterback? San Francisco. Yeah, you know, they could. better quarterback than... Colin Kaepernick's better than whoever the fuck they're going to sign. We know that. Guaranteed. Yes. Guaranteed. If they, TJ Yates, whatever bullshit they get in there. Tom Savage. Tom Savage, CJ Bethard, bullshit city. But, don't 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 sign him. But but don't sign. But it's all. But Kyle Shanahan says it's only because Colin Kaepernick does not fit the offense that he runs. You know what, Kyle Shanahan? That just here's my middle finger, right right to you for that comment. Shut the hell up with that. What what offense does Tom Savage fit into? Because I don't think he fits into any offense. Well, if he fits not- into, if, he's got to fit in a little better than uh, Nathan Peterman, but not by much. You know what a good coach does? He adapts. He, makes, he, he brings in a good player yeah. and adapts his offense to that per, that player's yeah. skill set. Yes, if you got a player that uh, you you adapt, you got a player with uh, that can do things good. Uh, accentuate that. So, Kyle Shanahan, you suck as a coach if you can't do that. Uh, do you remember last year when Tom Savage actually started the regular season opener for the yeah. Texans against the Jaguars? He lasted a half. Then I remember Deshaun Watson came in and was having an MVP season until he tore his ACL. Yep. So, uh, bad, bad decision there. Yep. I also remember when Tyrod Taylor sucked and they brought in Baker Mayfield. Then they won a game for the first time in two years. Coaches are bad. Quarterbacks are bad. You would think as, as, as much time as they spend, they get up at 3 and 4 in the morning like this is some sort of an impressive thing. I think it's disgusting. I think it's unhealthy. It's an unhealthy obsession at your job. You would think as early as they get up, as much work as they supposedly do, they could see that Baker Mayfield is many times better than uh, Tyrod Taylor. They could see that Sean Watson is a whole hell of a lot better than Tom Savage. You would think you could be able to see this. Uh, You would think, uh, you know, Drafting the Josh Allen, the Jake Lockers, the Blaine Gabbers, the Christian Ponders. How do you how do you commit this much time and effort to a job and come up with the decision this guy is the best guy? Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes is gonna be the best guy in this draft as quarterback two years ago, and he slipped all the way to what, to twenty something? Ten. They all passed no, on him. No, ten. 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 They they all these teams passed on him. And he goes to ten. It's just the way it is. And, it's, and, and people at the time thought that it was crazy. He, he was drafted ahead did. of Deshaun Watson. Yes, and the, the Browns and the Jets passed on both of them. Yes. Because the Browns and the Jets suck. But now the Browns maybe have the quarterback of the future for them in they Baker do. Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, you you yes, slandered uh, Tyrod Taylor there, my Virginia Tech, uh, my Hokie there. Uh, I did. So I, I don't appreciate that. But... 
I don't think it, I, Tyrod's okay. I mean, he's he's a he's an average quarterback. He's better. He, he's 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 middle of the road. He's middle of the road, and I have no problem because why would you want to throw Baker Mayfield into the Wolves right away? Uh, why would you want to throw him in with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins? It just doesn't make any sense. But that aside, that aside, um, yeah. That stingy Steeler defense, week one. Well, if any team you fucking put them against Pittsburgh, they give up fucking more runs than uh, baked beans. Fuck. <laughs> uh, the Steelers, by the way, crushing the Bucks right now. It's very sad to see. Uh, but yeah, the Vikings embarrassing on Sunday Thursday night football uh, against the Rams. That's at 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox and the NFL Network, which I guess, you know what? I'm, I'm not watching that. You're in, what? I've got volleyball that night, Mitchell and Aberdeen. I wish it was in Aberdeen, but it's in Mitchell. So I'll get down around 9 o'clock. I'll see what happens. If it's not competitive, then we'll watch something I mean, maybe the best thing for the Vikings after this embarrassment is that they do get to play on a Thursday night. So, you, I mean, you don't have to sit around for a full week. You just get to focus. Well, and what's good is that uh, Akeem Tlaib is out and Marcus Peters is likely out. So, you know, the secondary for the Rams can be had in this game. So I, I will, think they win one of these next two. I, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And then it makes the Bills loss less significant, but... Sure. Uh, I still think they win the division. No team in that division impresses me at the moment. That's fair. Rodgers right. is hurt. Yep. The Bears. If, why, why does every Bears team that's good have to be the same? <laughs> good, good defense, a quarterback that is among the worst five, if not worst three in the league. Why do all Bears teams that have been good in our lifetimes have to be the same? I don't know. I I hate those teams. <laughs> I hate the teams with the great defense, the shitty quarterback. A, uh, a good run game. Get, the team that gets the, 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 the lucky turnover. Uh team that gets you no know, Devin Hester, for Christ's sake, got him in the Super Bowl. It just, it's very disheartening. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that said the Bears are two and one despite having one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. This tweet, this tweet could literally be from any decade. Browns are two and one despite having the worst. The Bears are two and one despite having the worst passing offense in the NFL. It could be now. It could be the eighties. It could be the two thousands. Yep. Any decade you want. It, it it's it, the way it is. Also, Thieland, he had fourteen catches. That's a lot. Uh, 105 yards for 14 catches. That's the fewest by a wide receiver ever with that many catches. Uh, Saquon Barkley had 14 for 80. Was that week one? Uh, week two against the Giants. So that is the uh, against Cowboys. That is the, uh, I guess the record, but that's the record for receiver. Um, also, Trubisky, Trubisky yeah. is at 15 starts. So almost a season worth for Mitch. Mitch shit Trubisky. Uh, how many times do you... It's bad. Uh, I Joe can't Trubisky. use his name. That's, that's embarrassment. We'll edit that out. 
George Trubisky started 15 games. How many times do you think the Chicago offense has scored 21 plus? The offense. Once. He's led Chicago's off Once. twice. 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 Oh, man. Multiple more credit than I gave him for. Look at that. He's, he's, he's terrible. He's terrible. Uh, the there is something going on with Everson Griffin. Don't really know what's going on. He was not at the game on Sunday, uh, so that situation bears watching. Hopefully, the dysfunction that the Timberwolves have at the Target Center doesn't reach U.S. Bank Stadium. That would not be that would not be good at all. Uh, any any uh, thoughts from the college football weekend? Uh, Stanford won a miraculous game against Oregon. Uh, let's see, Wisconsin won a, uh, snooze fest against Iowa, um, TC, uh, Texas, Texas appears to be back, they beat TCU, uh, what, what stood out to you this week? Not much, it's not doing it for me, Stacking. Virginia Tech lost on the road at Old Dominion, and now Josh Jackson, quarterback, is out, uh, with a fractured tibia. Or a broken tibia, und un uh, unspecified time or undetermined length of time, he's just out indefinitely. This sucks. This sucks. Uh, Missouri, Missouri kind of stuck around with Georgia for a time. Uh, Stanford, Oregon, I missed that. Whatever the hell happened there? Army, Oklahoma. That was something. So uh, Notre Dame switched quarterbacks, and that appeared to have been a massive improvement. So. Uh, winner, winner of that Stanford Notre Dame game. That's that's a big one. That might be the biggest or second biggest game so far we've had. Yep, and that game win, is win, this week. Win, winner of that one, especially if Notre Dame can win that, they've got a good chance to maybe maybe do something. Yep, yep. Especially if you have to go to Virginia Tech without a you know without Josh Jackson. Uh, you have to go to USC. USC doesn't appear to be anything special. Though rivalry games can always um, play a factor in that. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Kentucky is 4-0. It doesn't make any sense. Kentucky is, what, 17th? I don't know why you would vote Kentucky 17th. Uh, I can't believe anybody would believe Kentucky is the 17th best team in football. I just, I, the, the, the polls piss me off. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you? Do I, I I don't know. I I, I can't I, I can't tell you. Uh, Indiana. I thought Indiana would beat Michigan State. That didn't happen. I thought Wake Forest would beat Notre Dame. That did not happen. But I did have I did have Purdue over Boston College. So I, I got one upset out of the three. There you go. Uh, so the, the games this week of note, Stanford at Notre Dame and Ohio State at Penn State. And we can only hope that the Nittany Lions destroy the fighting Urban Myers. Hope I get to see it. Um, all right. Uh, I have no idea who's going to win that game. Well, Ohio State should. They're a lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's on the road. Two, two good games that I don't have a clue what's going to happen. Nick Bosa is going to be out until the, the Ohio State defensive end. I think it's Nick, isn't it, Nick? November. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's out until November with an abdominal injury. So that could be that's impactful on the Buckeye defense, but uh, not enough to take him out of contention, you know, to to be undefeated or anything like that. Other than that, I mean, West Virginia, Texas Tech, I suppose, early on, but other than that, it's, I don't know, it's not good. Nope. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Rumors were up 3-1, to now they're down 4-3. to Just atrocious. Just atrocious. Boo. Come on, Brew Crew. Let's go. Cubs, Cubs lost, so it's, it's, it's their form. Come on, Brew. Let's go. Um, anything else before we say so long? Should be in its fall. It's 55 and cloudy today. Amazing. Wonderful day. Wonderful day. Time to, you have a few more opportunities to hit the golf course if you want. I think so. I think Sunday might be that day. I was going to go out Sunday after the Vikings game, but then the Tiger thing happened. I wanted to see that. Uh, so Sunday might be that day. Sunday looks like a good day to, to hit the golf ball. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Krenz. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you. Travis Krenz, join us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and efforts as always. Yeah, uh, Minnesota sports right now. Get on board. The Twins playing their last week of the baseball season because they suck. Uh, the Timberwolves playing the fun and dysfunctional. And the Vikings getting blown out by the Bills. Wonderful. Yay. Love sports. Love being a Minnesota sports fan. Eh. Virginia Tech loses on the road at Old Dominion. A winless team. The hell. SDSU plays at NDSU this week for the Dakota marker. That ain't going to go well. Sports, I tell you. They can be frustrating. But you can also feel the exuberance of a win. And the pride of that when your team pulls off that big win, that big upset. We'll see if the Vikings can pull off that big upset this week when they take on the Rams. We will make a pick for that game coming up next as well as uh making picks for other week four action but uh, we'll recap all of the week three games here coming up next on the sports block podcast we'll wrap it up for this week uh you can always find the sports block podcast available on itunes just search the sports block follow me on twitter at andy stacken also on facebook nathan stacken a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week So we'll wrap up the podcast, as we always do during the fall, with some more football talk, recap and reaction, and predictions for next week's games here. All coming up here So we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Okay, so as we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, and actually before we get to the Week 3 NFL recap or reaction and make some early picks for Week uh, 4, after... Travis and I got done talking. Um, you start to hear some stuff about Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin and that he wasn't at the game on Sunday and there's plenty of speculation kind of going around and it turns out there was an incident involving him at a Minneapolis hotel. He wanted to get into his team room. He's dealing with some severe mental issues. Um, he was yelling 
and screaming at the team facility earlier and actually the Vikings uh, was reported had sent him and his agent a notice that he needed to stay away from the team until he got a mental health evaluation and you know there then there were reports i think it was what KMSP or the, the Fox 9 in the cities had reported he tried to break in to a teammate's home and then they retracted that after the Vikings denied it and then you saw something kind of going along the lines about an incident in Minatrista uh possibly involving Trey Waynes i think it, it, the whole thing is just it's bizarre uh but Trey Waynes I guess it said he didn't fear for his family, for his safety, that uh, that Everson didn't try and break in. Everson's wife had, had called police. There's so much to this. Just trying to sort out what's real, what's not, and what actually happened. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, it sounds like, uh, as far as we know, Everson Griffin is right now in a hospital getting um, evaluated, uh, getting getting a mental health evaluation, and it's not good. It, it really isn't. Um, of course, first and, for, first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers certainly are with Everson Griffin and his family, and hopefully... Um, he can get some much-needed help. Uh, you just really don't know what to say in a situation like this. I mean, mental health issues are certainly a big deal, and I think more and more players. You saw this a lot in the NBA about you know, was it was it Demar Derozan and Ky, uh, Kevin Love last year coming out regarding the fact that they had what, like panic attacks or uh, that, that that they were dealing with this stuff and try and keep it in try and keep it on the down low and it's not not good it's not worth it you know people think you might be weak because of these things but you need to take uh you need to take care of yourself take advantage of the resources you got and the vikings it sounds like by all intents and purposes are supporting everson every way they can they just couldn't have him at the team facility until he gets a mental health evaluation and hopefully he can get this evaluation he can get the the treatment he uh so necessarily needs um and deserves and uh and can get back out on the field uh and help the vikings uh certainly could have used him on on sunday but obviously first and foremost you're concerned about the health versus him getting on the field and by the sound of it many of the vikings players didn't know about the incident before Sunday's game, so you can't use that as an excuse or as a reason as to why they came out flat and played an absolutely atrocious and abominable, uh, despicable game against Buffalo. But, um, you know, it, it, you hear more and more about this. Hopefully they play their hearts out on, on Thursday night for Everson. Um, you guys are going to have to step up. And hopefully Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff and the really the whole Vikings organization can handle this Everson Griffin situation appropriately and with the 
compassion they need, but also keep this football team um, held responsibly and or held responsible. And you know, I don't think Zimmer's going to lose the team or hasn't lost the team by any stretch. They are going to need to play lights out though this week against the Rams and and every and the Eagles and every other team going forward here after this loss. So hopefully they can do this for 97 for Everson Griffin and hopefully Griffin uh, makes a triumphant return eventually, uh, whether that be this season. Hopefully it's this season, but if it has to be next season, just after he um, after he gets these serious mental health issues um, under control and can get some uh, get some help but he wasn't arrested uh, Griffin hadn't threatened to harm himself so yeah just apparently he agreed to go voluntarily to the hospital now then Deadspin had report that Everson Griffin tried to you know leap out of the ambulance um, you know whether whether or not we believe that or but like I said there's so much out there but at the end of the day our thoughts and prayers are with Everson Griffin hopefully he can get like I say get the help he needs um, get everything under control get these mental health problems either take care of or at least know how to cope with them and deal with them and um Hopefully he can get back on the field with the Vikings uh, certainly earlier rather than later. But again, first and foremost, he has to take care of himself. With that, let's get right into the week three recap here of all NFL games. And the Cleveland Browns, we didn't even mention this. We probably should have. For the first time in 635 days, they won a football game. They beat the New York Jets 21-17. Baker Mayfield came in the game in the second quarter for an injured Tyrod Taylor, and he was immediately brilliant, led the Browns on a field goal, a drive that resulted in a field goal, and the building was electric. The team, the fans, fed off of Baker Mayfield's energy, and he helped lead the team then in the second half, outscoring the Jets, what, 18-3? And in route to a 21-17 victory, their first win in 635 days. And I'm guessing with Baker Mayfield, they're going to get a lot more. To Sunday's games now, Saints beat the Falcons 43-37 in overtime. Drew Brees was absolutely balling in this one. Two rushing touchdowns, but another three touch passing through the air. Three, four, whatever. It had to be three. Three. I mean, he was just great. Uh, Matt Ryan threw for five touchdowns, so he was phenomenal in this as well. Alvin Kamara, the rookie or the the running back for the Saints, 15 receptions. And that's simply unheard of. He's so dynamic in the passing game, and the Saints uh, come from behind. Drew Brees put a spin move on two Falcons defenders, made him look absolutely silly. It was phenomenal to see, and yeah, the. The Saints get a 43-37 win in overtime. Proved to 2-1. Falcons slide to 1-2. Defensive injuries are certainly costing this team. Ravens beat the Broncos 27-14. Justin Tucker. It was a rainy day in Baltimore. 
like it was for their first home game. And uh, Justin Tucker makes a couple of 52-yard field goals. He's the best field goal kicker in the game. I mean, currently. Uh, Adam Vinatieri is the best kicker of all time. But if you're looking at who needs a kicker right now, it's got to be Justin Tucker. Um, and Baltimore, 12 for 12 in the red zone this season. So that's big for them. Panthers beat the Bengals 31-21, handing the Bengals their first loss of the year. Christian McCaffrey, a career-high 28 carries, 184 yards rushing. Uh, Cam Newton had a couple of rushing touchdowns in this one. Panthers defense kind of limited the Bengals, but when they don't have Joe Mixon, you kind of wondered what would happen. I think A.J. Green left in this one, so uh, the Bengals were playing a little shorthanded here. I'm sure they'll bounce back, but they lose 31-21 to the Panthers. Giants pick up their first one of the season and keep my Super Bowl uh, team, or predicted anyway, the, the Texans at uh, winless. The Texans are 0-3 now, a nine-game losing streak. They lose, tw- uh, the Giants win 27-22. This much maligned offensive line for the Giants uh, held up pretty well. J.J. Watt did have three sacks, but uh, they held up much better than I think anyone would have thought they should. I, I don't know what it is with the Texans. I I Get it. I went out on a limb with this team saying they would win the Super Bowl. And there's just something not clicking. Deshaun Watson got off to a bit of another slow start, rallied late. But the uh, Texans lose another game. And certainly, I believe Bill O'Brien, their head coach, is on the hot seat. Uh, if you want, if you like defense, if you like low-scoring football, the Tennessee Titans-Jacksonville Jaguars game was for you. Titans win 9-6. They've now won three in a row over the Jaguars and five over uh, five of six overall. Uh, Blaine Gabbert had to leave this game, I believe, with a concussion. So Marcus Mariota, not 100%, came in and was... He didn't play great, but he did enough. He fought through his injury to help the Titans get a 9-6 win over the Jaguars. A perplexing loss, to say the least, for the Jaguars, who just put up 31 on the Patriots. I get the Titans' defense is better, but yeah, Titans win. Uh, the Jimmy or the the Patrick Mahomes show continues. Another three touchdowns on Sunday for him, giving him 13 for the season. I believe that is an NFL record. I believe it is some sorts here. Uh, but Mahomes helps lead the Chiefs to a 38-27 win over the 49ers. Of note, though, in this one, Jimmy Garoppolo, 49ers QB injured uh torn tore his acl on a scramble it seemed like it was a little self-inflicted there he could have just ran out of bounds instead he tried to cut back in pick up some more yards tore his acl and he is done for the year so the 49ers will turn to cj bethard not colin kaepernick this should it should be colin kaepernick they're not bringing him in kyle shannon says he doesn't fit the offense it's, it's a load of crap but um no matter how you slice and dice it uh, C.J. Beathard is going to be the quarterback for the 49ers here going forward for the rest of the year, barring them signing someone else. Miami Dolphins are 3-0. Uh, it's their second 3-0 start since 2002. They beat the Raiders 28-20. Once again, the Raiders had a lead in the second half and just couldn't maintain it. Couldn't uh, say it. I mean, they started out great. Jordy Nelson, an early long touchdown catch from Derek Carr. But, yeah, the, the Dolphins... Just do what the Dolphins do. A couple of gadget plays. And the Dolphins are 3-0. And the Raiders are winless. Um, It's not surprising that the Raiders are winless. uh, Given that, you know, when you give up one of the the best defensive players in the game, you probably are going to struggle on the defensive side of the ball. But the fact that the Dolphins are 3-0 is rather surprising. Again, Bills beat the 
The Vikings 27-6. Josh Allen, two rushing touchdowns, passing touchdown on this one. A huge biggest upset. Um since 1995, if you're looking at the point spread, Vikings were 17-point favorites, and this was by far the, the most shocking result of the day. And we've obviously made our peace known there. Carson Wentz returned for the Eagles. They win 20-16 to over the Indianapolis Colts. The Eagles possessed the ball for more than two-thirds of this game. Uh, offensively, it was a struggle. Carson did have an interception. I believe he had a fumble as well. And the Colts had a chance to win late, but Andrew Luck gets sacked on fourth down, and they lose. Uh, Carson actually did lead the Eagles on a long touchdown drive before that, so they get a good win for them. Uh, improved to 2-1, and one, but they win 20-16. to 16. Adam Vinatieri tying Morton Anderson for most field goals made of all time uh, with another three. What, 465 that gives him for the for his career now. Amazing stuff. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, best kicker of all time, and he is one of the top kickers in the game. I just mentioned that Justin Tucker I would probably take right now, but Adam Vinatieri would be right up there. Washington takes down Green Bay 31-17. The pack didn't look great in this one. Another roughing the passer penalty involving Clay Matthews. These roughing the passer penalties are getting out of control in the league. It, they're stupid. Stop protecting the quarterbacks as much as you are, NFL. It's a ridiculous, and it's destroying the game. People are still watching, but you're making a mockery of the game. Uh, Adrian Peterson, two rushing touchdowns in the first half in this one. Washington cruised to a 31-17 win. Looked much better than they did against the Colts last week, uh, or the week before. In the Battle of L.A., the Rams win 35-23 over the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. The Rams picked up over 500 yards of offense in this one. Did lose cornerbacks, Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters due to injury. Aqib Tlaib is having ankle surgery. Expected to miss at least a month. And we'll see the status for Marcus Peters, if he's going to play Thursday night or not. They say there's a chance. It's a quick turnaround, so we'll see what happens there. But the Rams 3-0 on the year. The Bears beat the Cardinals 16-14. Cardinals actually jumped out to an early 14-0 lead in this one. Sam Bradford looked pretty good, but then he fell apart. Interception, a couple of fumbles in the second half. Couldn't get the Cardinals moving, so Josh Rosen came in the game, and he promptly threw an interception. Uh, and the, the Bears won this game 16-14. They didn't look overly impressive, but when that defense forces four turnovers in the second half and just get sacks at Khalil Mack. It's, it's the Khalil Mack effect, and the Bears are riding that high. Seahawks beat the Cardin or the Cowboys, excuse me, 24-13. Uh, Earl Thomas, two interceptions in this one, but the Seahawks do have issues on, on their hands with Earl Thomas sitting out practice and whatnot. They got to figure something out here and quickly. The the Cowboys offense is a is a joke right now. They stink. Hashtag as expected, or at least as I expected this season, uh, outside of Ezekiel Elliott, and even he can't get a whole lot going on. wonder if part of that is due to the situation along the offensive line. You know, Travis Frederick is dealing with that nerve, nerves, uh, nervous system disease. I don't know when he'll be back, but the Cowboys just don't look right. And uh, they lost 24-13 in this one. Detroit, they will take on the Lions next week. Lions beat the Patriots 26-10 on Sunday Night Football for their first win of the year. Rather shocking because the, the Patriots offense was non-existent in this one. The Lions held the, controlled the game from the get-go. And 
Brady had 133 yards passing. Lions, uh, on Johnson, the rookie running back from Auburn, ran for over 100 yards. The first Lions running back to get 100 yards since like Thanksgiving, four and a half years ago. I think it was Reggie Bush. Uh, so since 2013, it was phenomenal. Patriots don't look right. They will get things corrected. You know, we're not burying the Patriots yet, but this is not a uh, a Patriots team of old, at least not that I could think of. And hey, Matt Patricia, pupil beats a student, or a student defeats the master in this one. Uh, he takes down Bill Belichick. And then Monday Night Football, Steelers get their first win of the year, 30-27 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ryan Fitzpatrick did throw for over 400 yards in this one, but had three interceptions. Uh, the two, they were in the first half. Two of them weren't his fault. Two of them were on uh, his teammates, either the offensive line on the first one for not blocking. And then the other one, Mike Evans, didn't run uh, the correct route. But the, the Steelers... Their defense played well in the first half. They, the, the, the Bucks had a chance in the second half here. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a punt return uh, for a touchdown called back due to a penalty. They still had a chance after forcing a Steelers punt, but uh, through three incomplete passes and punt the ball away with 249. They had all three timeouts, but I would have gone for it. Uh, they didn't, and they never saw the ball back again. Steelers run out the clock, and they win 30-27. to So let's make some picks. For uh, early picks for week four, last week was not great, uh, as you know. But let's see what we got here for week four in the NFL. It begins Thursday night with an NFL playoff preview, potentially, though not with the way this team looked last week, the Minnesota Vikings. But they travel to L.A. short week to take on the Rams. It's it's not ideal, and it certainly seems like the NFL just, oh, oh we're talking about player safety here. No, no you aren't. Uh, Playing on a short week and having to fly across halfway across the country. Uh, competitive disadvantage for sure for the Vikings and dealing with the whole Everson Griffin thing here. They're going to be better than last week. But against that Rams front four, against that Rams offense, uh, good luck. That's all I can say. I think the Rams win this one fairly easily, but hopefully the Vikings prove me wrong. Uh, Carolina and Washington are on the bye, by the way, this week. Uh, the Bengals are at the Falcons on Sunday, 1, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time, on CBS. The Falcons' defense is in disarray, so certainly the Bengals may be able to take advantage of that, but I don't believe they'll have Joe Mixon in this one. Hopefully they have A.J. Green, but I will take the Falcons in this one to get the win on, uh, at home against the Bengals. The Falcons are desperate. They need a win here, and I think they get it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. One of the more intriguing games of the day, surprisingly enough, because uh, both teams are surprising 2-1. and one. With the way the Bears' defense is played, you almost have to go with them in this one. I certainly hope that Ryan Fitzpatrick gets the nod for the Bucs, uh, but that defense, that, that Bears' defense is going to make life somewhat miserable and the Buccaneers defense isn't so hot themselves I'm leaning towards Chicago in this one uh as of now I will give them the the win but narrowly I don't think it's by any stretch a slam dunk at all Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys 1 p.m eastern noon central time on Fox with the way the Lions looked last week and the way the Cowboys looked I mean you would expect the Lions to continue this uh Sean Lee, the Cowboys linebackers, out for this one, out for several weeks with a hamstring injury. But I think at home, the Cowboys kind of 
get their bearings going, and I think they will beat the Lions. Don't say that with a lot of confidence, and I think this is going to be another close game as well. Buffalo Bills at the Green Bay Packers, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS, so the Bills flying back to take on another NFC North team. And with the way they looked last week, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they can beat the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and company don't look right. and But playing at home, I think Aaron Rodgers will uh, play better. He'll get the job done. But that Bills defense, they, they can get after Aaron Rodgers a little bit. They have a chance in this one. And I can't believe I'm saying that. I will give the Packers the nod, but I'm not out of the realm of possibility that the, that the Bills pull off an upset here. Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. The Texans need this one. They have to win this one. And until they prove that they can get off to a fast start on offense, I'm going with Indian this one. I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna go with the home team. Hopefully the Texans can win. Prove me wrong, but as of now, I'm going Colts. Well, uh, New York Jets at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. For I don't know how the Jaguars scored six points last week, but Sam Darnold and the Jets are going to be a nice... Uh, they might not score a lot of points this week because the Jets' defense is really good, but the Jaguars are by far the better team. They will crush the Jets in this one. Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. If the Dolphins were to win this game, they would have a three-game lead on the, Dol- on the on the Patriots. Three and a half as of now. I can't imagine that's going to happen. I, I can't. The Patriots will do better at home. People are kind of writing them off. The Dolphins are not going up to Foxborough and beating the Patriots. They, they just aren't. Uh, they certainly could prove me wrong, but I'll take the Patriots all day in this one. Philadelphia Eagles at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Titans defense is playing great. Eagles looked a little suspect last week. I'm still going to take the Eagles. But the Titans are playing well enough right now, defensively especially. If if Marcus Mariota is healthy, then that kind of lean makes me think that Tennessee is going to win. But I'll take the Eagles in this one until proven otherwise. Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals, 3.05 p.m. Central Time, uh, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. What a, what a yuck game this is. Uh, Josh Rosen going to get the start. And I bet there will be some growing pains in this one. Hopefully, they can get the win. Because uh, I don't think the Seahawks solved everything um, by what they did last week. But until the Cardinals can get the win, I think I'm leaning towards the Seahawks in this one. Another close game, another yucky game. But I'll take the Seahawks. And then the Cleveland Browns at the Oakland Raiders, 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 or 5 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Baker Mayfield getting the start in this one. Desperate Raiders team here. But that Browns team is good. They're going to feed off the um, electricity again. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Probably stupid of me to say it. Based on how the picks have gone uh, last week, they certainly will go bad this week. But I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns to take down the Oakland Raiders. San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Chargers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. If the 49ers had Garoppolo, I might lean towards them in this one, but they don't. Phillip Rivers and company need a win to get back to 500. They will. They will take care of the 49ers team fairly easily in this one. And then the New Orleans Saints at the New York Giants, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Give me the Saints in this one. Drew Brees and company. Uh, offense, figuring stuff out. 
defensively, I think they can be had. So expect some uh, a higher scoring game here, but I'll take the Saints. The Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC Sunday Night Football. Ravens look better, but the Steelers may have turned the corner here. Defensively, they have some issues that the Ravens might be able to exploit in this one. Who would have ever thought that in a Ravens-Steelers rivalry? But um, I will take the Steelers in this one narrowly over the Ravens. And then Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Monday Night Football. No one's stopping Pat Mahomes right now and the Chiefs. The Broncos' defense, not great in the secondary. I'll take the Chiefs' explosive offense enough over the Broncos. I will take the Chiefs in this one. And those are your week four picks uh, for the complete list of uh, my complete predictions and uh, previews of the game. Go to the stack, that's stackattack.sportsblog.com on Friday for the Football Friday picks. And we'll, we'll have the official ones there. So that's um, you can find a link to the podcast by following me on Twitter at Andy Stacken or also on Facebook. Nathan Stacken have a link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of the week. We'll, we're also available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. There again, certainly again thoughts, prayers are with uh, Everson Griffin, his family, the Vikings organization as a whole as they deal with this whole issue here. Uh, and with that, uh, we will be back next week. College football, we might get Charlie Hildebrand on here as we, as the calendar turns to October. Play bull bound or not. So everyone's going to be excited for that. Um, Austin in Texas will be, I'm sure. Um, yeah, um, Montgomery in Alabama. He loves the, the, the game as well. So everyone's uh, America's favorite game is coming back, bull bound or not, next week with Charlie Hildebrand. Travis, of course, will be here as well. We'll talk college football, NFL, and playoff baseball. See who makes the run here and who's playing. Who's playing who? The hunt for October. So that, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Um, uh, as always, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And we'll talk to you again next week, Nathan Stacken saying thank you again and reminding you to listen to next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a good week.